for this time together. We thank you for uh, the beauty of the season, the, the uh, time that we have to set apart and think on the wonderful gift that we have in Christ and the amazing um, provision that you've made for us in Him that He came, fully God, fully man, to die to live the life that we should have lived and to die the death that we should have died. And He was raised that we might be raised with Him. And we get to celebrate that this time of year uh, specifically. And we thank You that um, that in doing so, we're reminded of Your goodness and Your kindness and Your mercy to us. We thank You for Your Word and that all Scripture is God-breathed, including the book of Leviticus. And we pray that we see Christ glorified here as we have in other places in Scripture, and that you may instruct us and correct us and encourage us through the reading of your Word this morning. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We are in Leviticus 14, starting in verse 33. We've worked through, in chapters 13 and, and most of 14 so far, through the diagnosis of the priest of a leprous disease. We've seen it in skin, we've seen it in garments, and now we're going to see it in houses. Uh, we see that there is a diagnosis that the priest would go through. Is this clean? Is it unclean? And we're talking about ritual purity, ritual impurity, and what was the consequence of being clean or unclean based on the pronouncement of the priest? What was the consequence of that? Okay, if there's, if there's a, a, leprosy, a leprosy in the skin, they have to go outside the camp, there was a, a period of mourning or they, they had to keep their hair unkept, their clothes kind of disheveled. And they had to announce it. Unclean, unclean. That's for skin. For garment, we saw a similar deal that if it couldn't be repaired, it had to be, um, it had to be just destroyed, right? That is ultimately what happened. There was a period of quarantine and all that kind of stuff for a garment because it was important to them because they made their own stuff. They didn't go down to, you know, the Jerusalem Follies and, and get their clothes. They, is it Foley's anymore? No. Okay. Just, just hold on both things on that one. Anyway, so they couldn't go there and get, and get a, a new, a new, uh, just a new shirt. Uh, and, and I was gonna come up with some, some brand name thing. It's gonna be funny, but it just didn't work. Um, so anyway, they couldn't go there. They had to make it, and so God made provision for them if they had some kind of, uh, mold or something in the shirt to, to deal with that. And we see the same thing here with the house. Um, if, if, if there's some kind of fungus in the, in the walls of the house, there was a provision made for that. Let's look at verses 33 through 30. We're going to break it down again because it's kind of a longer passage. But let's look at verse 33. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, When you come into the land of Canaan, which I give you for a possession... And I put a case of leprous disease in a house in the land of your possession. Then he who owns the house shall come and tell the priest, There seems to me to be some case of disease in my house. Then the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest goes to examine the disease, lest all that is in the house be declared unclean. And afterward the priest shall go in to see the house, and he shall examine the disease. And if the disease is in the walls of the house, green or reddish spots, and it appears to be deeper than the surface, 
Then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house seven days. And the priest shall come again on the seventh day and look. And if the disease has spread in the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they take out the stones in which the disease in which in which is the disease and throw them into an unclean place outside the city. And he shall have the inside of the house scraped all around and the plaster that they scrape off they shall pour out in an unclean place outside the city. Then they shall take other stones and put them in the place of those stones and he shall take other plaster and plaster the house. All right. A lot of things to think through in this first section. What hits you first? It's the same as everything else. Okay. <laughs> Second verse, same as the first. On how to diagnose. Except for there's no waiting period. It's just destroyed. It's just simply replaced. Well, sort of, sort of. Sort of. There's seven days. Seven days. There's a waiting period there. This is the same kind of quarantine that we saw in the other thing. What are the... Go ahead. Another thing that strikes me, um, the Lord put... Aha. Aha. Well, that's interesting. Let's start with this first, though. We'll get to that second. Where are they living right now when this law is given? Intense. Why are we talking about houses? Well, isn't there promise in someday when I give you the land? Right? He's giving them legislation right now based on something that hasn't even happened yet. It's a done deal in God's economy. In God's mind. It's a done deal. You're going to have the land. You can count on it. And here's how we're going to deal with it once we get there. What does that do to guys wandering around the wilderness? Hope. Gives them hope. And in that hope, there is this weird thing. Um, it says, when you come to the land, then I, that I give you, it's already done, it's as a possession, and then something else odd comes out of this. He says what? And I put a mark on your house. I allow or I inflict or however you want to handle your providence. Uh, I inflict this leprous thing, this leprous mark on your house. Well, there's happy feeling and hope, happy feeling gone. God's going to inflict our houses. What, what is going on here? What is? What could be going on here? Why would God do that? Is that what it means? And nobody wants to answer that question. Is that what it means? That God puts this on here? It can't mean that, right? I mean, I think implicitly, if we believe in God, we believe that He's in control of everything. Okay. So, therefore, if there's a leprous disease in your house, it's going to be from God, okay. whether we like it or not. Right. So I think, I don't, I don't think there's a special judgment for, there might be, because he was angry at him uh, a lot. Yeah. But, um, but we don't see that, general thing. we don't see that here. We don't right. see a judgment issue here, right? This is, I mean, it may be, like you say, an, an intentional judgment thing, but this could be, and I, and I agree with you, I think that this is just a statement of, General providence. Remember who's God and who's not. 
Remember who's the creator and controller and sustainer of all things. This could be a time of testing, right? Exactly. It brings out what's in the heart of a person when they're when they're tested with stuff. Okay. I have uh, I have a cousin, and uh, I got a, a message this morning or a, a, a post this morning. That after 30 weeks of uh, his wife being pregnant with twins, um, the babies were born last night, and they were both stillborn. Um, they knew it was going to happen. Uh, there was uh, something with the way that there was uh, the, the fluid was not quite there, and there was some cranial issues and some uh, lack of development of a bladder and those kinds of things. A lot of a lot of stuff going on. They knew the babies weren't gonna, weren't, weren't going to survive. And yet, through the whole thing, everything I've seen from them has been, we're so thankful. We're so happy that we have an opportunity to, to love these children, even though they will never see the light of day. Um, and, even, and even this morning, after the delivery, they were, we got to spend a little time with them. We're so thankful for that. That's being tested, and that's what's in their heart comes out of that. Now, I don't think it's the best counseling move to immediately go to God did this, but I think it's certainly something to 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 learn now this is of the Lord and this is a this is something that that shows displays in the heart what's there and it's a growth time. I mean there how can you not be affected by that? How could that not shape you into who you are even more? And, and what they've shown is such a sweet spirit through this whole thing that it affects the whole family. Our whole family is, is marveling, really, at, at how they're responding to this. Um, so yeah, it's of the Lord. How could it not be? And yet, uh, what's the line from William Cooper's hymn? Behind the cloud of providence, there hides a smiling face. It's a good thing and a very hard thing, right? And here's an example of it on a lighter scale, but a costly scale, as we'll see, of if God allows or if he inflicts a house with a thing like this fungus. It's not a judgment for some sin. We're not seeing that here. I mean, it could it could be in this situation a judgment, but there's not any direct statement when I inflict your house for your moral failing. It's just when it happens, when you're in the land. Um, Isaiah 45, 7, I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. I don't think there's any doubt that God is sovereign if we read the Bible fairly in all things. What does the text say the priest should do first? In this hard providence of their dwelling place being afflicted with this thing, what does the priest what is the priest instructed to do first? Empty the house. He tells them to empty the house. Why? 
so that he can examine the disease. What happens if he examines the disease with everything in the house and he pronounces it unclean? So does all their stuff. All the stuff in the house is declared unclean, right? Notice the kind, gracious provision of God here. Before he makes an official pronouncement of unclean, get your stuff out. You don't want your stuff wrapped up in a quarantine. Get your stuff out. And so he allows time for that. Before he comes, he's instructing them, get your stuff out and, and then you can hang on to that while we're dealing with the house. All right. Okay, my only deal about that is... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's again, you have these other provisions. Yeah, I had the same thought. You have these other provisions that say if your house is unclean and your shirt or your tunic or whatever is also unclean, then you deal with it that way and diagnose it that way. If it's a cistern or whatever, then you have other things that you can that if if it shows uh, that you break it. I mean, there's all those laws that deal with the individual things, but it's not a wholesale. Let's just chunk everything, okay. right? It's it's you deal with it individually and salvage what you can. It doesn't show. That's a good question. It it it, it has the potential to have more things be diagnosed as having leprosy, but it's not everything all at once. I mean, it's not complete devastation for the family. I think that's what what's going on there. But that's a good question. Um, do you notice anything familiar about this diagnosis, how he goes about it? What colors are we looking for? We're looking for Christmas colors, aren't we? Greenish and reddish. Greenish and reddish. <laughs> like the clothing. You're looking for mold and mildew, and you're looking for it in, in what way? What, is it, what does it say? It's not just your common, like, hey, there's some mold on the outside of the house. It's deeper than the surface. It's in the wall. And these are, uh, well, I mean, it, it, it's a similar, the, the language is similar to what we saw with clothing and with skin. Um, if it's deep in the walls, then he quarantines it for seven days. All right, let's look at 39. You get to do a little demolition work here. Uh, the priest comes again on the seventh day after the quarantine. And then what is he looking for? It's a similar process, right? What is he looking for? More leprosy. More leprosy. Has it spread? Has it, has it, you know, we've removed it, we've done the thing. Is it spreading? And then what happens? You have to take out the stones. You gotta rip out the, the, you may lose a whole section of your house for this. You rip out the stones, and then what do you do with the rest of it? You scrape the plaster off. Now, plaster is kind of a mud, dirt kind of thing they put over the new. It was for aesthetics. If you like mud, dirt decor, um, it's for some type of aesthetics, but mostly it was to protect the wall from inclement weather. And so they're scraping all of that plaster off. Um, and then it gives, they, the, after, after the, the, the quarantine or the, you know, doing this reparative work, it gives it a chance that the replacement of the infected part may solve the problem. Um, why not just tear the thing down and start over? Well, everything that they used was right around them, right? I mean, the materials were all there. 
It's a lot of work. Maybe there's a lesson involved. I'm, just, I'm sure there is. But I wonder if you just knock the whole thing down, then it would be to pick out every little part and scrape every little part. Maybe, maybe. I mean, for us, it'd be financially devastating for something like this to happen. You've had mold cases. You've heard of them. And they, you know, some retirement home, they poured all their money into this last asset. And then, oh, great, mold or even better, asbestos, you know, kind of. So you have, you have these things where it's just financial ruin over this kind of stuff. That's not necessarily the case here, but it's still a very costly process to build a house. You got to dig down to the rock. We've talked about that. Um, it, it, it takes a lot of time away from dealing with your crops and dealing with your flocks, crops and flocks, and, and all of that. Um, so they try to salvage it, like the garment. They try to salvage it through quarantine and through repair. I think that Shogod's heart says, of uh, wanting to restore these things, of the, of the heart toward restoration. Right. Right. But he he doesn't. He's he, he's got a heart for how take out the bad and keep the good right. and restore it. Yes, he does. Um all right. Look at verse forty three. If the disease breaks out again in the house after he has taken out the stones and scraped the house and plastered it, then the priest shall go and look. And if the disease has spread in the house and it is a persistent leprous disease in the house. It is unclean. And he shall break down the house, its stones and timber and all the plaster of the house, and he shall carry them out of the city to an unclean place. Moreover, whoever enters the house while it is shut up shall be unclean until the evening. And whoever sleeps in the house shall wash his clothes and whoever eats in the house shall wash his clothes. Like the person of the garment with persistent leprosy, if the priest sees fungus remaining in the house, even after all this effort to eradicate it, they are to break down the house. And that's a technical term, uh, meaning demolish it, destroy it, take it out, throw it outside in an unclean place. What happens? This is an odd segue here. I don't know why this, I do know, but it, it's kind of a weird thing to put it here. What happens if somebody violates the quarantine during this period of time? They go in to check on, you know, Aunt Bessie's picture. They're unclean till evening. evening. And notice there are grades, there are levels of impurity depending on what you do in the house. If you just go in, you're unclean till evening. If you sleep there or eat there, what happens? You gotta wash your clothes. Now, for us, it's like, so? But for them, that's a big deal. You gotta find water, you gotta do the thing, it's a lot of, it's again another level of the severity of impurity based on your contact with the unclean place. Yes, sir. I'm still stuck on the fact that they're dealing with stones and stuff. I mean, it, this has to be very weird for them to read. Either it was it was written later and adjusted later and inserted here, mm-hmm. or this is very weird for them to read because they they live in tents. Yeah, and they have no. I mean, yeah, God's promised them right. the promised land and yeah, you know, land and where are they coming from? Did they live in tents in Egypt? They lived in the ocean, but I think it was probably dwellings. There were probably houses in Egypt out of stones and whatever. I think they've got a concept of it. Is that what you're saying? They don't have a concept of it? Or? No, 
not that they don't have a concept. It's just, you know, everything else is so specific to them and their life right, right now. Right, right. And this is seems very futuristic. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. All the description. Sure, sure it is. And again, it goes back to why would he do this? It's, again, a hopeful thing. You're going to deal with problems. Well, there's a lesson right there. Even when you get to where God takes you're going to deal with problems. There are going to be issues, right? It's not going to all be rosy once you get married. It's not going to be all rosy once you have kids. It's going to be, there are going to be issues that you got to deal with and they're of God and they're to test us and they're to shape us into who we are. So even though the promise is there, there's the recognition that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I mean, there's, there's that issue even, even embedded in the, in the statute. Um, look at, um, look at 48. But if the priest comes and looks, and if the disease is not spread in the house after the house was plastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean for the disease is healed. And for the cleansing of the house, he shall take two small birds with cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop and shall kill one of the birds in an earthenware vessel. I mess that up every time. Over fresh water and shall take the cedar wood and the hyssop and the scarlet yarn along with the live bird and dip them in the blood of the bird that was killed and in the fresh water and sprinkled the house seven times. Thus, he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and with the fresh water and with the live bird and with the cedar wood and the hyssop and the, and the scarlet yarn. And he shall let the live bird go out of the city into the open country. So he shall make atonement for the house and it shall be clean. This is the law for any case of leprous disease for an itch for leprous disease in a garment or in a house and for a swelling or an eruption or a spot to show when it is unclean and when it is clean. This is a law for leprous disease. All right. If the scraping and the demolition work, then the priest pronounces the house clean and then he must cleanse it. <laughs> this is a clean house. Now let's cleanse it. It's perfect. We change everything. It's a clean house. We've got to cleanse it. Now how do they do that? Have we seen this before? It's the same thing, right? You take two live... ESV says live. Other translations might say uh, wild because obviously they're alive. Um, and they kill one, drain the, the blood, and you have water in the blood in the cistern. They dip the live bird and then these three objects, hyssop, uh, cedar wood, and, and, uh, and scarlet thread. And we recall that the, the redness kind of was like the underlining of a red ink pen underscoring the nature of an atonement. That's kind of the idea going on there. And then let the live bird go. After sprinkling the house seven times with a solution, they, they let the live bird, the wild bird, go, and it goes out to a far country, takes, talked about like a scapegoat, taking out the disease, figuratively, to the, to the, to the wilderness, right? All right, same thing that we saw for a person who was pronounced clean after having leprosy. A, the same ritual, except what's not done. What's not done? Remember, earlier in chapter 14, we had three stages. Right? Sacrifice. There weren't sacrifices for the house. You don't have atonement type sacrifice. You don't have a guilt offering, sin offering, the burn offering for the house. It's just this cleansing ritual that's done. This one... Ritual. Alright. This is the law. 
And again we see in verse 40, uh, 54 through 57, a summary of the whole law on leprous disease. The word when here has the idea that the priest has to be ready because this could strike at any time. Be ready to discern it. Be ready to deal with it. And with that verse, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to tell you, we're now done with leprosy in Leviticus. You can now breathe easy because chapter 15 is coming. Yeah. Well, the the priest has certain tests that he has to look at uh, to determine if it's truly lep- leprosy. And there's a quarantine period. A bruise is going to go away. A rash is just you know I ran into some cottonwood tree and I'm allergic to it. That's going to go away after seven days, right? And and so they'll they'll have those waiting periods to see if it's truly. Leprosy. So, so the idea is to protect from false diagnosis. Okay. And even when they're out, out of the camp, um, that doesn't mean that they're completely separated from their family. Their family sometimes would go out there and live with them, and then when they came into the camp, they'd have to go through a cleansing ritual to go back in, to go to the tabernacle and all that. The leprous person could not go to the tabernacle. The leprous person had to announce that they were unclean. But if there came a time when the family said, hey, we think he's clean now, the priest would go out and look at him and, and again, do the diagnosis, and if he's clean, then he goes through this three-stage ritual where he, he missed it last week. He had to shave his whole body and everything. It was like, you know, it's like me, but a little cleaner. Um, so it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a huge deal to go through. But they had those safeguards for what you're talking about, uh, a false diagnosis, a false, a false accusation, hey, I, you know. So that's there. Um, yeah. And leprosy means like a general skin disease. It's not the specific. It's like all different. Yeah, it had yeah lots of different diseases that 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 it included. Uh, not not necessarily Hansen's disease. So, so, so would that be considered leprosy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would have. I mean, could it be anything broken out on the skin? Right. What's the idea here? But the, but but it, it, then if it heals, then. Right. The idea is that anything that is not uh, th- that is out of the ordinary on the skin or in a house or on a garment, it's not whole. And wholeness was a visual picture for holiness, for being sanctified and set apart. And so, while we're talking about some some health issues here, um, you know, the, the Israeli Department of Health would have to come in and do this. the 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 issue for them in addition to let's keep it from spreading to everybody if there's a disease, was also ritual holiness. It was, it, and, it, and it permeated all of life. What we see in this two chapters, 13 and 14, is the person, their skin, what they wore, their garment, and where they lived. It doesn't get more personal than that. It's every aspect of life, what you wear, who you are, where you live, all of that can be afflicted by leprosy or some kind of mold or some kind of disease that needs to be dealt with. Um, what would a ritual like this one, what would that impress upon the Israelites? What would that impress upon them, you think? It's a big deal to be clean. Why? It's a big deal to be clean. Why? Because God said it was a big deal. Because God said it was a big deal. Yes. Fellowship with Jesus. 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 That's a good answer. Either you can't fellowship with God and people. Why? 
because you're distinctly different and unclean. If you're unclean, that sets in relief how clean God is. And I can't go there. If you're ritually unclean, and this is what it takes to get back into His presence, doesn't that elevate the holiness of God and who He is and what He's worth and how how much respect we need to have for Him? Right? Isn't that what's going If it takes this to get my house clean, how much more the house of God? Yes? And I don't want to go there and, and sully that because I'm, I have a questionable spot on my hand or I have a questionable spot on my shirt or I'm coming from a house that had, you know, some, some black mold at the corner at the bottom that nobody would have seen except for me. It does two things. One, God is holy, I'm not. And I need to be very respectful of that. And the other thing is, there's a horizontal component to this as, as well, right? You mentioned it earlier. It's love of neighbor that's going on here. If I've got something on me or what I'm wearing or in my house and I'm walking around and making everybody else ritually unclean and they don't know it, is that displaying my love for my neighbor? No. What a high elevation for the, the, the uh, uh, concern and the care for your covenant brothers and sisters in the community of Israel displayed in these statutes. All of it. If there's such a focus on keeping their own homes ritually pure, how much more the house of God? This was a costly process. It's a costly process. Uh, I had a friend in Houston, in Houston of all places, who bought an old house inside the loop, which is, you know, you pay for the dirt, you don't pay for the house. And so he had this old house, and and they had to repaint it, right? You remember? Kevin Yamamoto. He went out and he got on there and he, he, he priced it out to see what it cost com, uh, contractors to do this and he says, I ain't paying that. So, yeah, they had, he, they had to get lead paint removed on it. Yeah, so somebody, yeah. So, there, so he's a law professor and the only time he could do it was in the summertime in Houston with gear and a bath. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there wasn't a, there wasn't a stitch of paint on the on the in the grass at all. Uh, but out there every day by hand scraping it is hot. It's tedious. It's a house. He's doing this. It's not just your bathroom wall. It's a house. And so he did the whole thing all summer. And I think he was dehydrated like ten times. You know, kidney stones all that. No, I'm kidding. I don't know if he had all that. But the point is, it's a costly thing to do this. It's a costly thing to repair these houses for this stuff. And that aspect of costliness impresses upon them how worthy God is for the holiness. And also, it displays love of neighbor to go through. They could have hid this in their house. You know, you, you push a couch over by that part of the wall. You could hide this. But in not doing it, you expose everyone around you to this kind of impurity. Failing to deal with these things would have tremendous impact on the camp as a whole. Love of neighbor often requires something costly in order to prevent their harm or do them good. So here we have uh, regulations dealing with impurity caused by disease that infected garments, homes, and even their own bodies. Ritual impurity 
could have an impact on every area of their lives, even more so, and here's the takeaway, even more so, moral impurity. And we're just talking about on the surface what it looks like to get you to the temple or tabernacle at this time. Even more so, what about my heart before holy God? That infects everything. This was a visual representation of God's call to holiness among His people. Alright. There's an interesting take on this by one of the smart guys I read. Turn to John 2. Verse 13. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. They're in the land, by the way, that God promised he'd get them to. Of course, they'd left and come back. They had some intermittent stuff. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. And when therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. One of the, one of the, one of the smart guys looks at Jesus' cleansing of the temple and says, this is stage one of cleaning a house. Right? He's scraping it out. He's cleaning it out. He's kicking things out because the house was infected with money changers and commerce rather than the house of prayer. Other, other gospels would say my house, uh, it should be a house of prayer. And this is my first house. Or other translations would say my house of God. There's, this guy thinks, and I think he's onto something, that this episode was more in line with not Jesus cursing the, te- the temple and being just a, a, a contrarian, but that he is actually following the procedure of Leviticus 14. Visually, this house is infected. I'm going to quarantine it. And then uh, you see later, he calls it my father's house, um, house of God. Jesus does the scraping and removal of infected parts of the house, but he prophesies that the house, the temple, would ultimately be torn down. Other places, he, he it records him saying, in Luke 21, for example, uh, as for these things that you see, referring to the temple, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Well, what is that? Let's tear it down. That's... That's demolition, right? Um, Jesus' behavior and and the guy, this is a quote, Jesus' behavior and his cryptic comments on the temple can be explained not on the hypothesis that he cursed the temple, but that alerted by the prophets who had been prophesying, the house is diseased, right? 
Alerted by the prophets, he searched for suspected leprosy of the house. There's a period of um, quarantine, an attempt at remedying the situation, and then ultimately, we know, 70 AD, that the temple in Jerusalem was was teared down. Right? That's what happened. And you see that pattern with nations in Scripture. The house of Israel, the house of Judah. There's a period of judgment where there's a, a, a hard thing that happens to cause them to cleanse the house. And they have, in Judah especially, periods of, oh, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And then it, the, the, and the king rose up who did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And you see this, and eventually, tear it down. Right? There's a cycle of nations that we see in Scripture. That, that should be a warning to us. Um, but here's the cool thing. Nations are made up of individuals. We can't just say, oh, out there are the nation. We are the nation, right? We're a house. We need to be concerned about, am I living a life that is pure before a holy God? And you can't do it. I can't do it. Can you do it? Anybody do it? Why, yes, he did. And that's where I'm going next. Thank you for anticipating so loudly. Holiness involves a radical commitment to knock down, scrub from top to bottom. Pursue holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Thankfully, by His grace, He is our clean house, right? Destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. And they knew what he was talking about after he had raised himself up it was that his body is a temple. He is now the house of God. And there was no reason for him to be destroyed. There was no reason to tear down that house. He was clean. He was pronounced clean by God himself. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He's clean. And yet, he was treated as if he was not. He was destroyed. He was pulled down and broken down. The old temple had become diseased. It was always going to get to that point. That was always understood. In Hebrews 10, we see something very interesting, which we may get to on a Wednesday night sometime, if we ever get to Hebrews 10. Because we're in four. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new living way that he opened up for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Notice there's both a vertical issue, God is holy, and a horizontal issue, love your neighbor by encouraging them to be holy too. Right? You see that going on. Um, Though... The house was declared clean by God Himself. He was well pleased. He destroyed. He was destroyed as if he 
were a diseased house. And if you're trusting in Him, Paul tells us you were destroyed too. The clean house was destroyed, and if we're trusting in Him, our dirty house, our leper's house, was destroyed too. That house was raised, Christ was raised, and if you're trusting in Him, you have been, you are being, and you will be raised too into a clean house. How many times in Scripture, especially in Ephesians chapter 1 and 2, you see in Him, in Him, the clean house. We're in the clean house. Romans 6 says, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. And in Ephesians 2 it says, In Him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. It's quite a picture this leprosy chapter. Every facet is affected. Every facet's affected. Clothes make the man. Home is a man's castle. If you haven't got your health, what have you? Each is a picture to show the thorough corruption of our rebellion against God, our King. And each can be restored by means of a substitute. And then that corruption is taken away and remembered no more. And we'll see that very vividly if we can just get past chapter 15 and get on to chapter 16, which is the Day of Atonement. Um, I think the takeaway from this is is the beauty of the clean house being torn down as if it were treated um, and being treated as if it were the leper's house for us. Uh, he who knew no sin was made sin for us so that we might be the righteousness of God. Again, that picture is there. Any questions? Any any comments on that? Yeah. Just you know, thinking about the analogy of the building and that we are stones in the living mm-hmm. temple and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my prayer is that I think we all have leprous disease on us. My prayer is that God scrapes and cleans me, mm-hmm. and He doesn't throw me outside the tent. Yeah, and I think that that's the promise that we have that in Christ we're not going to be thrown outside the camp. We're in Him. And we're covered by Him. And so within His covering, within His righteousness, we also are being built into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That's the hope. Is that what would happen to the houses here, what would happen to the garments here, what would happen to the people who had persistent lepers, doesn't happen to the believer who's in Christ because we're covered in and him, yeah. The one difference between the New Testament in this analogy is in Ephesians four it says build each other up in love. Mm-hmm. So the question is, do the stones scrape the leprous disease off the other stones? Well, technically Jesus does that. Yeah. To build itself up in love is. Yeah. How does Jesus do that though? Yeah. How does? How, yes. One man sharpens. How does Jesus do that though? He does it through the working of his word. He does it through the the. the Prayer that we're that we're to be humbled with Him, and He does it through the communion that we have with one another. As the Spirit is working in me, um, I'm being held accountable. You're being held accountable, and we're, and we're doing this mutually beneficial gift to one another. Paul talks about and how we're both building each other up. It's because of the work of the Lord of the Church doing that in us. 
And if we're faithful to that, we'll continue to be faithful, and we will be faithful to that because we have the Spirit, which is also a great plaster for us. Um, it's going to happen. That's the promise. As, the, as, the, as much as we get so disgusted with our, and I pray that we are, disgusted with the leprosy that's remaining in our own hearts, the, the old man that's still there, we fight it, we scrape it, we, we pound it out, and, and we continue to be made into a holy temple. Yeah. So I guess with the analogy, if the, if the word... I like analogies. I know, I love, so I if, like analogies. If the, if the word is the water, which is like a stream, and all these boulders, which are the people, are, are going to be built up in the house, yeah. it's kind of like we're, we're all these boulders in a stream, and when we hit each other... In the stream, sure. With the water. That's that's another great analogy. Yes. And with that one, let's pray. Let's pray. We're, we're running a little long. Father, thank you that uh, you give us minds, that all of us uh, receive your grace and receive your uh, understand your truth by different means. It's the same truth that some of us uh, need pictures, some of us just need to be told, others of us. Uh, are, are, are prompted in our hearts by you inclining our hearts to repent through the, the work of your Spirit because of what you've done for us in Christ. We, we each are communicated to you in different ways, and yet we're one body. And we thank you that in it and through it all, Christ is glorified, and that he, uh, our, our great high priest, is building us uh, into a holy dwelling place uh, for God. Lord, help us to be conscious of that huge plan. It's huge. And, and, and we many times don't see the significance of a little sin here, a little sin there. It's leprosy. Help us to be convicted and, and to, to work diligently to, to, to scrape it and to allow you to scrape it and to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit so that we may be made right and righteous as we are already in Jesus. Let us be who we are in Christ, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.